following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is an exclusive presentation of Dallas Cowboys Breaking News. And just like that, the 62nd camp in Cowboys history, the 42nd in California, and the 15th in Oxnard has come and kicked off. How about that? Here from Oxnard, California, it's good to be back. There's a smile on David Hellman's face. There's a smile on Mickey Spagnola's face. Same here with Kyle Yeomans as we are the first podcast to get things underway for the 2021 season. And just like that, gentlemen, we're back in the thick of it. It was about time, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I was just going to say, I'll just take a line from from Jerry Jones, I and mean, we're going to get into it. But he which, was, which, which part? It's going to be a clean. It's going to be clean. It's okay. going to be okay, clean. Uh, no, not not planning on dropping any f bombs right now. But just he was talking about how he, you know, are we ever going to do this again? Are we ever going to like yeah, like have a press conference where you can talk to people and just feel kind of normal about what we're doing? And and that's what's happening right now, and it's. Mm-hmm. Really exciting. It's very, very exciting. It's I'm as close to, to normal as we've known it in quite some time, right? We're oh my god, like yes. twenty-five people on the on the tennis court out there for the press conference. Uh, the press conference was normal. It went an hour. Um, that's about what usually takes place, and it it was pretty darn good. But we got to talk about the Cowboys, and it wasn't on Zoom. That's yes, what I'm, that's, and, that's and what we I'm were, saying. We were actually looking at somebody <laughs> that we were asking questions to, and then they were looking at us, and they could see who was listening and who was asking the questions. Uh, yeah, and you know the weather's back to normal here, which is 75 degrees and 62 in the morning when you wake up, and. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was refreshing after what we've been through. Now there's still a lot of protocols uh, the media has to follow, but uh, I think everybody would rather do that than what we did last summer. I think you just hit it on the word refreshed. I actually wrote that down at the end of the press conference because it kind of had that feel. And we're of course talking about the opening press conference, the State of the Union that was just here in Oxnard, where. All three of the figurehead of the Dallas Cowboys, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, and, of course, head coach Mike McCarthy talking on the podium to the entire media, which, like we just said, is refreshing in its own right, that they were on a podium and, hey, there were people in person talking to them and able to have a little bit of dialogue. But it was emotional, and I'm sure a lot of that compounds based off of what 2020 was, but I think there's a lot of expectations heading into this season as opposed to what we had a year ago that also adds to a little bit of that emotion as well. Absolutely. I mean, last year was a nightmare. It was. Like, for, like for a lot of reasons. Not, I mean, obviously the the pandemic is the big headliner there, but it was the worst Cowboys season. I mean, I don't want – Mick, I don't know. You've done this a lot longer than I've I have. I've seen but, one in 15, yeah. yeah but, okay, but how did, that, how did last year stack up among, like, the very worst? Well – It's got to be top three. It, it, was, it was as bad because of what the expectations were. Of, true, yeah, absolutely. Because in 89, there were no expectations. And, and, that's, and, and it was a promising season that just got absolutely – Derailed. Legs Latin. cut out from yes, under it. Absolutely. And so not just the you know, the record speaks for itself, but you went into that season thinking that it had the chance to be special, even with everything going on with COVID. And that was part of it. And so yeah, it's it's almost like hitting the reset button on your PS five or you know, I still have a PS four, but you get okay. my point. Yeah, that's fair. Uh 
I just so, yeah, put P.S. at the end of my letters. <laughs> <laughs> which you still <laughs> write, <laughs> which is impressive. So, and, and you, you mentioned the emotion, uh, Jerry's emotion, and I think that exhibits how much this all means to him. You know, I think some people think, oh, yeah, he's this great businessman and all he's worried about is making money, but he he loves this, right? The the training camp, the whole deal with the media. You know, I, I, I'm going to guess... And just to let everybody know how everything's set up, they set up the media in a U shape around the practice field. Well, before we had, you know, the full reign, the, the whole the whole practice field. And when practice would finish, we would be at the end of the practice field where uh, everybody would exit, and Jerry invariably would come over and stop, you know, and and invariably it was after you know the second practice at night six o'clock when everybody's ready to get done because it's eight o'clock back central time and he would hold court right just on a spur of the moment well i guarantee you because we can't be at this end and the interviews are going to be at the far end of the field uh the other end zone that he's going to walk over there one or two times (laughs) he's going to find to talk to us right jerry jones is a showman and he loves the show he said that he like that was the last thing he said today was talking about the show of the NFL is back, and it, like, you know, we played a season last year, and Tampa's championship is totally valid. Like, it's amazing what the NFL pulled off, but it it sucked. I mean, yeah. that that was it was not the NFL that we've all come to know and love in the the pomp and the circumstance and uh, having six weeks of anticipation and storylines. We didn't really get any of that last year, and I promise you, very few people are happier about that than Jerry Jones to kind of bring the fireworks back to all of this. And I think the media is happy about this as well, because I know certainly we uh, are as yeah. a part of the team. <laughs> the, the pageantry is back, and, and there's a, a little bit of a, a pep in the step, I think, of everyone here. And, of course, the Cowboys returning. Jerry Jones, certainly a, a big-time fan of that. But how big of an advantage is this for the team itself? Jerry said it in the press conference. Only four or five teams actually went away for camp this year. A lot of them had it in their facilities at home or at least near to home. So I don't know if that's an exact number. There may be more or less than that uh, regarding teams leaving and going somewhere. But, Mickey, is this a a bigger advantage for Mike McCarthy heading into camp this year as opposed to what we saw last year? As compared to last year. Because, you know, what I'm going to say, I think, kind of pertains to what's going on now. Because there were other times we came to camp here and it didn't make a hill of beans a nope. difference, right? They were bad, and, you know, they were still bad. But here's what happens compared to last year. You have more camaraderie among the players. Uh, they're, they're all here together. They're not – some guys are staying at the hotel last year. Some guys are going home. Uh, it was just so disjointed. You don't get that team feeling. But when you're here – you're messing around at night with everybody, you know, after all the meetings, and guys are just kind of bonding, and, and I think that helps. He didn't have that last year. He didn't have an off season last year. He didn't have a preseason last year. Now, I'm not saying that's why they turned out to be 6-10 and because there was other first-year head coaches, but I think just the whole combination of it, uh, as I said early, kind of derailed the season, and, you know, it was bad, yeah. and it it, it – Defense was bad, but there was a lot of other factors that went into it. But I just think having everybody here, two practice fields, outdoors, you don't have to practice indoors all the time. 
you know, you guys saw at the Ford Center, I experienced at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. It was the most depressing training camp practices day in and day out. And this was two padded practices a day. And the place is so gray. It's just gray. There's no sunlight. And it, it was depressing. And, and so, yeah, getting back here, I, I just get, what's a little pep in your step? Yeah, I, I hesitate to call it an advantage because Mick, yeah. just, Mick yeah. just pointed out, you know, some first-year head coaches did some great things in the league last year. Cleveland comes to mind. Um, and the Cowboys have been coming to California for a long time without a ton to show for it. It's true. But, c- again, compared to last year, and, and, you know, actually, even going back to, like, OTAs, like, we were fortunate enough that we got to be more involved in that this year and kind of be around the team. Mike McCarthy seemed so happy to, like, just – that's why you're on a team in the first place, right, is, like, the camaraderie and feeling like you're part of something. They didn't get that last year. Like, you're – you know, they're on Zoom the same way that everybody was doing that, and you're not – you know, you don't get to stop and rib a guy about his college team or what – or, you know, the basketball game last night in the hallway. Like, all that little stuff that you take for granted, they didn't get it. So – no idea if it means that they're going to be a better football team this year, but I do think it's important for Mike McCarthy in terms of like establishing his culture and, and the way that he wants his team to be, and obviously the players themselves getting to know each other. This is a great place to do that. I promise you that. Yeah, and, think- and let me give you an example. Like I was walking back from – I think I was walking back from breakfast this morning, and I passed Randy Gregory, and he's got a big smile on his face. He goes, hey, man, kind of – Gives me a little fist bump. You know, good to see you. Yesterday when I was going to see where our trailer was or where our digital media is working from the Cowboys, and Dak was going up the steps to his place, and and he yelled. And I looked to see who was, like, on my left. And and then he yelled again, and he goes, no, good to see you, just like that, right? And we didn't get that last year. We never ran into people last year. I've run into coaches that I've never met before. I had yeah. to introduce myself to Dan Quinn. I introduced myself to Cedric, the new uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach, who, by the way, the big guy yeah. with all the oh, muscles. Yeah, he was big. He was Emmett's fullback in high school. There we go. Wow. I said, no, no, wonder he had a, such, okay. yeah, no wonder he had such a great career as Scambia. That guy <laughs> is huge. I thought he was interviewing for a nose tackle position, you know. But we didn't see these guys. You know, we didn't see anybody last year. Um Davis, the assistant head coach, right. you know, we were taping something before the draft, and he introduced himself. We went through this whole season, and three-quarters of the coaches that were new, we didn't, we didn't meet them personally. Saw Mike McCarthy in January, didn't see him again until November in yeah. person. So, yeah, it's, it, it's just different. And, you know, to go back to does this make a difference, I used to – hear from people that because the Cowboys were playing on Thanksgiving, they had its big advantage. And I would point out to them, they only had a big advantage when they were good. When they were bad, it didn't make a difference yeah, whatsoever difference that they were playing at home on a short week, right? So, yeah, but it, it, it's just better. The whole atmosphere is, is just better. The return to Oxnard doesn't mean we can reserve a spot for the Lombardi Trophy at the Star just yet. No. That's not the case. I don't think so. However, and and there was a lot of talk about this throughout the press conferences as well, but Dak Prescott is back. The offensive line seemingly healthy heading into training camp. You have your weapons returning on offense. And then, of course, the defensive additions that make this 
something kind of exciting because, of course, the last year, last year's defense historically bad. This year, hopefully, you're less than historically bad. It's not. Hopefully, that was the worst case scenario. How do things start off on the right track for Mike McCarthy? What does he have to do in this coaching staff? He mentioned establishing a winning culture. That's one big thing. But but Dave, whenever you look at practice starting tomorrow, what is the, one of the biggest things the Cowboys have to do? to get off to that hot start to ensure that they don't have a repeat of 2020. No, oh, well, I mean, I I'm this is my yearly uh crusade sure. about the, stay healthy, please. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, and they got to practice, they got to they got to do all that and to, a more nuanced answer is especially on the like the, I don't really care about the offense to be honest with you. Like as long as everybody's healthy, that's they're good. They're the fine. Flying. Uh stay healthy. That's they'll <laughs> You're good. They're good. They'll be yeah. fine. The defense I think you do need to keep a close eye on that and how they compete. Are they getting hands-on footballs? Are they, you know, killing themselves to win every rep? Maybe even, you know, little stuff as seemingly innocuous as, like, talking trash. Like, I'm thinking about Micah Parsons front and center. Can't like, wait to showing up day one to let to let this, you know, these vets know, like, I'm here to compete and to win and to, to fight on every rep. Like, little stuff like that. I think that's what I think of when I think of a culture. And you can do that out here, and it's important. And I think people will rally to that. But my baseline answer is always just keep – Keep every keep the important guys healthy for three weeks while we're out here. That's <laughs> the, the key. It's, as I wrote on Friday, it's the old Brad Sham thing. We go to training camp to see who's going to get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And and look at the Rams, right? They Can't lose their slamming on that, it knocking is wood. on the wood. It yeah, is wood. it's wood. Yeah. They, they they lose their running back Cam Akers, right? Torn yep. Achilles, and yeah, you just can't. There's not enough depth these days to get through that many key injuries to key players. I think Jerry or Steven talked about it about. They're top ten players or top ten paid players. Yeah. You got to have those guys. You got to have those guys on the field. And last year, uh, half of them weren't on the field. So, uh, yeah. I, it, here, here's my deal with the defense. Can they just be average? Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for top ten. Just, you know, they were eleventh the year before. By the way, when it came to total yards, uh, can they just be average? Because they were pitiful. And, and 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 they couldn't, they couldn't, the offense couldn't compensate for how bad the defense was. You know, and somebody said, "Well, yeah, when Dak was there, they only went two and three. And I said, "Yeah, they averaged 32 points a game while the defense had given up 36 yeah. in those first five games." The turnovers yeah. certainly didn't help with that either. Well, yeah, but still, you scored 32. True. Okay. 36 on the other side. They didn't stop just because you turned the ball over. The defense doesn't have to say, "Okay, next play, go score." Right, and that happened. So, yeah, Dan Quinn's got to make a difference, and it's not just Dan Quinn. Think about this from a defensive staff standpoint. He's he's now the defensive line coach too. By the way, mm-hmm. you know they brought in it's his specialty. Yeah, yeah, they brought in Adam Durd, but he's kind of just going to be the overseer while mm-hmm. he's doing the whole thing. They they they've moved George Edwards to the linebacker coach. You know, it's, it's kind of unspoken, but <laughs> yeah. when you watch, if right, you watch he's kind of running yeah. things, uh-huh. right? All right, and, and then they bring in Joe Witt Jr. for the secondary. So they're three key guys on that defense, four really, uh, that it's going to change. Can they make a difference? Well, they better hope they do. Uh, and just listening to the players in the offseason – Dan Quinn's a hit already, and they look organized. Mm-hmm. You know, this time last year, D 
defense, the linebackers weren't calling out plays, right? They weren't telling guys, hey, move there, move here. They were doing that in the OTAs. Uh, that didn't happen last year. That was a lost defense, meaning guys didn't know what they were supposed to do. A lot of the problems they had, somebody asked me about the secondary. You know, can, can the defensive line help out a secondary that struggled? I said, well, they can't help them from missing assignments, and yeah. they missed assignments last year. It was just get beat physically, okay. But when you don't know where you're supposed to be or who you're supposed to cover, that, that's just awful, and, and that's happened too much last year. So defense, can you be average? When the question was asked to Mike McCarthy on the podium about how much improvement he's already seen from his defense and how improved he thinks they could be, that was one of the conversations he had is, well, I need the defensive line to be up to par of what we're putting out there on the offensive line. There needs to be competition. Last year, I remember we were talking about it, and every time that the offensive line was banged up, the defensive line had success. But whenever the offensive line had their top five guys out there, even though that was only for pretty much a snap or two, the defensive line had no success. And you've got to have a little bit of competition. Camp is where that thing starts. And I, I think that we're going to see more of that. Maybe that's a Dan Quinn effect. Maybe that's the effect of having Randy Gregory in for an entire offseason. He was talked about a lot during the press conference. Do you think those guys can have that much of an impact to maybe try and even the playing surfaces between the trenches? I mean, I don't, I don't say this to sit on the fence, but, like, that's why we're here, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, exactly. And I was just about to say, and this, is the t- this happens all the time, and I get it. It goes with the territory. But I'll sit here and say a lot of people in the building – are really excited about what Randy Gregory can do having had a full offseason. And I am too, for that matter. Uh, Neville Gallimore is another name that you will hear a lot. Obviously, came on really strong in the second half of his rookie year. The coaches are excited about the potential that he could make a leap and become this fantastic defensive tackle. And again, I'm excited about that too. I got really excited about Malik Collins every summer also. <laughs> like, I've done, I've done this before. And that's all. That, so... That's what we're here for. I'm here to watch and see if they can. Because, like, on paper, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. But will I be shocked if it's mid-October and I'm like, they're not, a not whole lot, they're not a whole lot better than they were last year? No, that, that shouldn't surprise anybody. But that's going to be the fun part about the next five, six weeks is finding out just where they stand in that, on that scale. And there's going to be competition. Because if you look at this defense, what, what's set in stone going? The edge rushers. And that's about it. Maybe Trayvon Diggs, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say yes, but s- yeah. So not, that's not th- as secure as the edge rusher. So that's though. three spots. That, that, there's eight more that I oh, think yeah. there's a lot of competition, and 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 that includes the linebackers, right? Nothing's given to Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. They're no. going to have to earn what they get. I bet if we pooled, you know. If we pulled all the people that we work with, I, uh, I'm just coming up with content ideas right here on the air. Sweet. We'd probably come up with. 10 different starting 11s, maybe only slightly, oh, yeah. maybe only slightly, but like, you know. Oh, easy. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good point, man. And it's good good for competition. That's what you want out here. Yep. And the other thing I think I pointed out last week was the fact that with these new defensive coaches, you, you know, when you were a kid and you were playing whatever, say it was Little League, and you got a new coach that year, well, everybody was jacked up to show the new guy what you can do, right? Because he didn't know. And these new guys come in here with no preconceived notions. So you better not have a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, you better, Jordan Lewis, you know, don't have two bad days in a row because they'll get another corner they'll put in the slot. Um, so I think that's good for this, this whole deal. Now, the other good thing 
And you know what? We probably went 15 minutes in the in the in beginning of the press conference talking about the Cowboys' vaccination rate. Mm. And and you know the way Jerry put it, he said it's only a handful of guys. Now, last thing that came out was 70 percent of the 90-man roster well, was I do, vaccinated. There's an important designation there. Jerry said there's a handful of guys that have done nothing. Like Zero. handful right, of right. Yeah. five guys or less that have not no, committed, nothing. not done anything, and and Stephen Jones actually made the really good point. That, you know, getting vaccinated is like a five week process. It like is. shot, two weeks, shot, blah blah blah. Exactly, like, it takes some time. So, and we don't know the number. We'll probably never know the full number, and that's I that's fine. But sure. so now, but so you know, there's a certain number of guys that have gotten one shot, but not both. There's a certain number of guys that have probably gotten two shots, but aren't through their two week period of waiting. Um, but man, for Jerry Jones to say that only five guys on a 90 man roster have done nothing, and he he kind of intimated too that he thinks that number will go down as well. Like as we go through this, he thinks well, some of that handful will start to do stuff to get the vaccinated. Inconvenience. That's of, what I'm saying. Of not being vaccinated would be enough incentive to. The minute I I'd read, run to the no, CVS right now. The minute I read that memo about what unvaccinated players have to go through, I was like, that would be enough for me. Right. Even if I hadn't already done it, that would be enough for me. Yeah. So, but so, but I that's, think that's that was a good sign, and yeah. he said he said he thought by time the um, preseason game, the Hall of Fame game showed up, that everybody we want to play should be eligible to play. Yeah, he so, said there should be no. But you're eligible to play. You just right. You would have to fly there on your own. Yeah, lots of there's a lot of lot of obstacles, a <laughs> lot of uh, hoops to jump through yeah. for those. So, guys. but that was that was encouraging news, especially after you know. And I don't blame Michael Irvin for what he said. Yeah, because he looks at it as you got to do everything you can do and more to be successful, mm-hmm. and that was him, right? And and if you're not getting the shot, then you're not doing everything you can do to help the team be successful. They can't say that. You got to be politically correct because it's a personal choice, right? But yeah. you know, Michael, you know, I tell you a story on Michael. One day, I he lived in Carrollton, in, in the suburbs where I did, and I'm driving to the ranch one day, and I see it would look like the biggest human being ever on the tallest bicycle coming down the middle of the road, right? It was a four-lane road, and he was coming down the middle. Well, he was still rehabbing from his torn ACL, and he was riding the bike from, and it would have been 10 miles for sure, but he was riding to the ranch to get ready. That's Michael. And that was Michael. He would do anything he could, um, short of holding out to the point he missed the game almost, uh, to help this team win. Everybody's entitled to an opinion, and Michael right. Irvin has earned the 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 point of his which opinion is what being Jerry said, to. right? If he speaks, I listen, and Michael Irvin has certainly earned that. You mentioned how encouraging that is, at least the the COVID nineteen talk. But going back to the football field, Dak Prescott had some encouraging news, or at least encouraging news around Dak Prescott. He's going to be a full participant. This is something that we pretty much anticipated around the Cowboys. But before we wrap things up here, what did you think about what was said about Dak and not a part of team drills throughout OTAs in the offseason. No surprise there, but he should be a full participant here in Oxnard. I mean, we have to cover it, but I, I, I didn't bat an eyelash because yeah. I was there through the offseason program watching him yep. do his thing. I, I, stopped, I stopped having concerns about Dak sometime in 
early April, probably yeah. for like what well, you, you got know. to see him. Well, we're fortunate enough, like where we work, you know, you see him working out on the fields and the amount of stuff that he does when nobody's around. So you feel good about that. And then he goes to OTAs. I know he's not part of team drills, but you know that uh, the scramble drill that they put into the There's OTAs this year, he's running sprinting to the sideline and just torquing and throwing off of his, you know, off of his hurt foot 60 yards downfield. I'm just like, no, he's fine. I don't need to see anything else. So, you know, I've anticipated he was going to be A-OK for a long time at this point. I'm just excited to see him go. You know, and he he's human, and, and I'll guarantee you when he first started going out on the field and he started doing – you know, getting away from his rehab where you do premeditated steps, right? Now you go on the field and you're going, okay, can I count on this? You know, and do you push off or, and he's, he's over that, the mental part. And I'll give you a good example. Um, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I played tennis for the first time since my Achilles was repaired. And there were a couple times when it was time to push off, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that, right? (laughs) And then the more you played, the the more you get over that mental part, right? And there was one point I was running for a ball that was behind me, and I stopped, and I go, I don't need to get that. You know, and I was like, well, let's just see how good it is. And I'm sure these guys go through that, especially with torn ACLs. Absolutely. you got to recover mentally, too, and, and I think he's past that. And he looks like, because they wouldn't have put him out. They were not going to say, yeah, he's full participant, you know, whatever's going on if he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And mentally, he's ready, I guarantee you. Because of who I am as a person, I'm probably going to hold my breath the first time oh. there's a little bit of trash around I think every him. every Cowboys fan would sure. hold their No, breath. and that's that's human nature, but he, he he's not going to. Okay. He's the He's the most confident person. And I'll I've ever guarantee been you that defensive line or the defensive room, it's like you see that red jersey, you do not get Don't within three get feet of him. I know, you know, some of somebody some well, I'm just some of you old heads, like I know it was it <laughs> it was a you know, it was a it was a tradition for the Cowboys quarterback to not wear a, a non contact jersey going all the way back to Landry. I'm happy Dak's gonna be wearing red. Mm-hmm. I'm happy Mike McCarthy instituted that rule because I don't need any stupid reason for why he's getting smacked around during training camp practice? You know, so. one of the one of the reasons in the old days they used to show up for training camp like a week and a half, two weeks ahead of everybody, the rookies and the guys that hadn't been there, to let them get the little fire out of them. Yeah. So they didn't like ruin somebody. You know, that year the Cowboys, and I'm going to forget the guy's name. The guy, when they drafted Emmett Smith, they also had signed a kind of veteran type running back. And one of the first practice, some rookie, Stan Smagala, uh, tears his ACL, takes a cheap shot on the sideline because he's trying to show everybody, hey, I can play this, right? Fifth-round draft choice or something like that. And, no, you got to get that out of you. you. You can't do that. You see four. You can't hit four. Mm-hmm. You can hit. I don't know what the other guy's numbers are, three, ten, seven, you can whatever. You hit almost whoever you want. Right. As long as it's not just four. Don't, don't, hit don't four. hit four. That's a good point. It's a good point. It's something that we'll be looking at throughout training camp. And, well, you guys are going to be pretty busy throughout training camp as well as the podcasts are officially back on DallasCowboys.com. Dave, you'll be on the break tomorrow. Yep. 
Make shots today. Make shots today. Okay. Uh, but column, not not the podcast. Oh, not the podcast. And then gotcha. joining you on Talking Cowboys on That's right. Friday, right for the That's first right. time. That's right. Getting the band back together. Boys back together. Yeah. So Rob Mick connection. Myself, Rob, Mickey on Talking Cowboys. There will be a, a group of. Uh, hosts back home at the star as well. And then David Hellman, Nick Eatman, and Derek Eagleton on the break, the normal break. And then they'll be doing the, the post practice thing out on the. Yeah, we got our. Stuff. We got, we're going. It's all over the place. We're going like. Yeah. We've heard you all whining about there not being we're a lot of content. We're making up for lost time. <laughs> we get it. It's been a slow six weeks, but we're back and we're ready to go. It's officially go time. The green flag is dropped. We're and in it, it's baby. It's time, uh, time to get after it. Special thanks to all of you at home, though, for being patient and excited as much as we are for tra- Cowboys training camp because there is plenty more coverage coming up over the next three weeks and then into the 2021 season. But for now, for Chris Beam in the back, for David Hellman, Mickey Spagnola, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so Long from Oxnard, California. We'll see you next time on Talking. Oh, DallasCowboys.com. There you go. (laughs) This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?